Welcome to Elan Restoration Fellowship, where Jesus is King, HaMelech, Lord, Hashem, and Messiah, Mashiach. And now, Pastor Billy Elias. Revelation chapter 2, we're going to be talking about winning the victory. Now, the last time we were together, I spoke about manna. I'm going to hit it first, very quickly. It's not in your notes, but I will make it available to you. I'm going to hit it fast because it's so amazing how God hides certain things that you will not uncover unless you search. It's a mystery. Um, so we're going to start in verse 17, okay? Revelation 2, 17, I, everybody knows we're in chapter 2. And those who have ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the Messianic communities. To him winning the victory, I will give some of the hidden mind. I will also give him a white stone on which is written a new name that nobody knows except the one receiving it. Just for a very quick informational purpose, the white stone, which we're going to go over, okay, had to have been a stone that was taken out of Egypt. It had to be big enough to engrave. It had to be thin enough to hold the engraving. And it is the same type of stone that the high priest wore on the ephod, the breastplate. So we're going to talk about the hidden mind, right? So what's interesting is we use the word manna, okay, but it really appears as the Hebrew word man, okay, M-A-N, which is man, but no, in Hebrew, it's man, okay. So if you were going to say manna in Hebrew, you would say manhu, but I want to talk about this word man for a minute, okay? It starts with the M, the mem. And for those of you who've been around for a little while, you remember that when the mem is in front of the word, it means from or to. Midrash, to come from studying. Mikvah, to come from binding with the Lord. Okay, Mishnah, to come from study. Okay, so in this case, when we have the word man, what it means is from a portion. It means to be full. So mana, as we know it, in Hebrew is a portion of fullness. Okay? So when you know the story about how God gave mana in the wilderness, you know what it is. He's giving a full portion. Mana is bread. So he's giving a full portion of himself. Because man who, a portion of he, which is a portion of him, which is a portion of Hashem. So when God gives man, he's giving you a portion of himself. One of the first ways that we know mana is through the word of God. Uh, matzah and challah. That's what it is. Yeah. It's our spiritual matzah because it's unleavened. It's pure. 
And as matzah has the holes and the stripes, and you know that whole thing. This is God saying, here's a portion of me and what I did on the cross. Becoming the Passover substitute. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. So as we look at this, what's interesting is if, and I'm not going to read this in Hebrew to you, but in verse 17, where it says, to him winning the victory, I will give some of the hidden manna. If you were read, to read it in Hebrew, it would say, I would give a portion of manna to feed you in your portion. He does, I love when he does that. He, he's redundant. In other words, what he's saying is, if you win the victory, I'm going to feed you nothing but goodness. I'm going to feed you nothing but righteousness. I'm going to feed you nothing but the purest of the pure because you have raised up to be not only my bride, you have taken your place as my son, my heir, the heir to the throne of grace. Heir to the throne of grace. So, when we look at Exodus chapter 1, verse 7, and you could go there. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this as quickly as I can. Exodus chapter 1, verse 7. Interesting. The descendants of Israel were fruitful. They increased abundantly. They multiplied and grew very powerful. The land became filled with them. The Hebrew word there is man haman. Man haman. Yes. In other words, manis. Manis. Man haman. It became a plural word, which means manus. So, in other words, they became filled and fruitful. When God imparts mana in you, you become filled and you become fruitful. You increase as he increases in you, you decrease. And by doing so, you increase. You get it? You multiply. You grow powerful. Not by might, nor by, not by might nor power, but by my spirit. We grow powerful in the spirit. And then you become filled. And the land that God has promised you, you will inherit. You got to understand mana before we understand what we're going to talk about tonight. Okay, so mana, it's given several names. You all know the, the guy Haman. Okay, so it's called Haman. It's spelled exactly the same, but it's not Haman like Haman that we want the no one to kill Mordecai and, and Hadassah. I know the point here being Haman 
meaning the portion. Okay? So I want you to bear that in mind. We have to remember why God says in verse 17 that he will give them hidden manna. Okay? So winning the victory. Revelation chapter 2. You've already seen some repetition in that Hebrew word, mana. So um, right now we've been talking about the four churches. And I'm going to – I want you to go with me, and they're written here in your notes. God speaks to all four of them about winning the victory. But each one he gives a different prize, so to speak. Okay? So to Ephesus in – Chapter 2, verse 7, he says, To him winning the victory, I will give you the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in Gan Eden. God's garden. Remember, garden of Eden. Okay. To the church in Smyrna, he who wins the victory will not be hurt at all by the second death. I love it. That means when you die human. Right? When you're born again, you're born once and you die twice. You die to your flesh. And your natural body dies. Pergamum. To him in, in chapter 17, we just talked about it. To him winning the victory, I will give some of the hidden mana. I will also give him the white stone on which is written a new name that nobody knows except the one receiving it. It's an intimate gift. You see, the hidden mana with the stone is intimate because it's between God and you and nobody else. Because your relationship with him is extraordinarily unique. Because he knew you before he even breathed you into the womb. He wrote your life and put all of your choices before you. He knew what you were going to choose and he's been there for you at every step. And even like this week when I was furious, like wanting to fight him, right? It was like, I'm calling you out. What is it going to do? Like I'm sitting there like... Carrying on and ranting. And I'm like, what am I doing? Because you, you're just like this. Mm -hmm. Okay. You really want to call me out? No, but. You know, but like, okay, it's God, right? So, but the thing is, he knows that. And the thing is, when he gives you that little piece of himself, it's between you and him. And it can't be shared with anybody. And you know, the thing is, nobody can steal it. Satan can't steal it. You want to know why? Because he's not on the end right. with your relationship with Hashem. That's right. Amen. <clears throat> so he can't steal what is personal between you and God, which is why he doesn't want you to confess your sins. Because then it becomes personal. And when you confess it, he isn't in the know now. Okay? And then to Theatira. To him who wins the victory and does what I want until the goal is reached, I will give him authority over the nations. He will rule them with the staff of iron and dash them to pieces like pottery. Dagon. That those that those two verses right there in 26 and 27 have to be their, their own thing. But he mentioned something. He mentions the goal. When the goal is reached, I will give you authority over nations. <laughs> to him who wins the victory and does what I want until the goal is reached, the goal, 
He talks and he says it to Ephesus, you're winning the victory. To Smyrna, you're wins who wins the victory. He who wins the victory, right? Ephesus to him winning the victory. Present tense. To him who wins the victory. Past tense. To Pergamon. To him winning the visit. Present tense. To Theatira. To him who wins the victory. Present tense. So he's talking in the present and he's talking in the past. But see, this whole entire thing is during the time when we still is. It's happening right now. So he's saying as you're winning the goal, when you win it, this is what's going to happen. Okay, so he's just, it's a, it's a play on the verb as to the past or the present tense. But there's something interesting here because he says the goal, and this is about winning and achieving the goal. Okay. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, our good friend Shaul, Rab Shaul, Rabbi Paul, writes, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. Because of my extraordinary laziness, I have not gone back to figure out when Paul wrote his letters, as opposed to when John wrote it. So I don't know who wrote what first. Right? It's, I don't know. I don't know if Paul read this and then wrote this and said, I don't know. Because I, I, I get to the point, I'm lazy. Okay, so I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now, what's interesting here is you are about to learn a little bit more Hebrew. What we have written there in Hebrew is ha mervutsa. Ha mervutsa. Ha mervutsa. I have finished the race. I want you to think about how that word is written there in Hebrew, and then I want you to listen to how it's pronounced. Hamenitzaka. What is the word that's in there? Man. The Hebrew word man. Haman. Haman. It's in there, right? Yeah. So what we start to see in this word okay, is about finishing the race, okay? So we're finishing the race, all right? So as we start to talk about finishing, now we're going to start to talk about how God helps us to finish. So what we're starting to see is that both winning and finishing share the same root word. Therefore, we can conclude that God is telling the four church churches that they stay the course and finish. So when we have it always oh, finishing the race, no, we're not finishing the race. We're winning it. Hands down. We're winning the race that had God has set before us. You see, all four church, all four churches at one point are commanded to keep one of three parts in what Paul writes here. And I want you to think about this. They're either told to have Fight, fight the good fight. They're told to finish 
the race and they're told to keep the faith. Of the first four, you can say that all four fit into one of those three categories. So here's what's interesting. When we talk about winning, in chapter two, Yohanan, John, writes to the assemblies that God has called them to win. What does that exactly mean? How do we win? Because we can walk righteously, we can fight the fight, and we can finish the race, and we can keep the faith. How are we supposed to do that? Okay? Let's look at, it's the mystery is now in the word itself for winning. The word ha menetsaka, right? What is right smack dab in the middle? The men, man, manna. Not only is it right smack dab in the middle to win, it's the manna that we get from heaven. How are you going to have victory? Well, I'll tell you, when you fight the fight, what does God do? He gives you a small, mysterious portion of himself with that white stone that's meant just for you. That sustains you through the battle. When you keep the faith, how do you keep the faith? Because he continues to feed you with his word. Right? His word, his daily bread. Ugh, I hate that because it's not Hebrew at all. But the point being, he gives you his unleavened bread, his unleavened manna, which is perfect and unblemishless. And when we take it in, you got to remember, this is an intimate thing. Nobody can steal it. Nobody can read it. Imagine if it fell away from you and someone picked it up. They would have absolutely no idea how to interpret it, what it is, or what it meant. It would just be a blind thing that they found. It would never show. It's kind of like Kung Fu Panda. Okay? Remember when he pulled out the dragon scroll, the great dragon warrior, and he opened it up, and the scroll was blank. And then when Tai Long got it, he's like, there's nothing on it. Everybody's, where? What does it mean? What does it mean? And it's finally posed, played by Jack Black, that says, yes, there is no hidden recipe. I have to believe that I'm the Dragon Warrior, and I will be the Dragon Warrior. It's the same thing here. We're not Dragon Warriors, because that's like Japanese. But the point I'm trying to make here is it's an intimate thing between you and God that only you and God can have. I heard it once say that Satan wants to steal your bad lunch. That's the way it was put. In other words, Satan and his demons feed on the word of God because they want to steal it from you. That's how they're fed, which is why they're, they're gorging themselves to death. But this is also why they hate you and why when one demon starts to falter, they send in another legion because their supply line is cut. People think the supply line comes from Satan himself. It doesn't. It comes from the word that he can steal from your mind, from your heart, and from your ears. When he could steal that word, he's stealing and sustaining himself. But when he honestly, he can't take you on by himself. He has a legion. Now, when I say that, understand that if God removed his protection, you, we don't stand a chance against one, just one mighty little demon. They would eat us. They would destroy us. We have no shot. 
So you have to understand this is, you know, when you, if you ever cast out a demon or, and I've seen it done. And if you've ever had any experiences, you better not gloat. You better not sit there and say, ha, 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 wow. Lord, even the serpents were subject to us. Uh, do not rejoice. They're not subject to you, my friend. They're subject to me and my name that covers you. Look at what happened to Job. When God just said, I'm only going to let you take a piece. Oh. Oh. So when we talk about Revelation 2.17, I love what he says. Those who have ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. Because when you win the victory, I will give you some hidden manna. I will feed you a full portion so that you will win the victory. And when I give you that stone, whose name is going to be on that stone? Your name. Written in Hebrew, of course. So you should probably figure out what your name is in Hebrew and study it so when you get it, you don't have to be like, hey, Lord, what does this mean? I don't know what it means because I didn't care about Hebrew on the planet. What does this mean? That's the guy who's like, um, you're going to have to go to heaven one-on-one basis. That's right through the door. Two dollars down, make a right. You'll see Gabriel. He'll sit you down, and he'll give you the, the heaven one-on-one. Okay? I'm kidding, of course. So it says, those winning will be given mine. Spelled with the mem and the final none. Now, this is interesting. It's on page 11. Now, the word first appears in Exodus, and we already went over it, and it comes to be known as a portion of bread, right? We said that. And it's the bread that Hashem sends from heaven to the Israelites. We later find the word translated as mana or manhu. We spoke about that. But when we put it together, it's a translation, as I said, a portion of him. Now, the one thing that I want you to understand and learn as this is one of the Hebrew letters that has two forms. It has what we call the medial and the final. Elan, that is the final nun, which is the N sound in ma. Okay? So the final is ends at the back of the word. The medial is in the beginning. So with this in mind, here's the mystery behind the Hebrew word. It's the medial form meaning it's not ending. It's not finished. That's why it's called a final. When that word is done, it's a final. But this particular nun or noon isn't finished. Who's got their little Hebrew chalkboard right here? Tell us, my good friend Mitchell, what does nun mean in Hebrew? Fish. It swims. Why? It's not final. It's not final. In the middle of the word for winning, it's not final because you're always winning. You have to keep winning. You have to keep running the race. God, God is amazing in how he does these things. You can't make this up. Yeah. You can't make it up. If he wanted it to say it's a finish, he would put the final one and put it at the end of the word, but he doesn't. He puts it right smack dab in the middle for the Hebrew word for winning. That's the challenge. That's the challenge. You have to keep winning. 
We don't win and then stop. God gives us a break. I don't want to sound like, you know, we're, you know, you're, you're constantly going to war. The point is, when he says to these churches, you're going to win, understand what he's saying. You cannot win without the portion of me. You cannot win without my unleavened bread. No. Unleavened bread, we all know what that means. Without yeast, it's pure. Christ was hog pisak, or um, hog matzos. He was the feast of unleavened bread. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 Amen to me, right? Amen. Okay. That means from Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, all the way through to Max, that word is unleavened. You can't eat on one part and not the other. I'm sorry. You can't do it. You want to have victory in your life? You want to have deliverance? Heck, I'll even go to say, and I hate saying it, you want revival, man, then you better stop with all the nonsense and the foolishness, and you better get right with Hashem, because you have to win your own personal race before you, you can teach someone else how to go out and run theirs. You've got to run your race. And you can't do it, in, you can't compartmentalize the word of God, and you can't do it in pieces. See, what does mana mean? A full portion. It's the full portion of what? The written word. The full portion. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I know I'm going to get in trouble. Tanakh is a lot more important than Hadishah, the New Testament. Because that's all Jesus had. That's all he had. That's all Paul had. That's all the writers had. The New Testament is just to simply explain to us. It's a commentary on Jesus and what his ministry was about. But that's all it is. It's an addition that God said, I'm going to give you a commentary so you can understand what my sons, my mission on earth was since I was born onto the planet and walked and then came home. That's it. Pastor Billy will continue his message in just a moment. If you would like more information about sermon series, books, and other study materials, you can call us at 732-314-1956, or you can email us at elanrestoration at gmail.com. You can visit us on Facebook for Shabbat and service times. And now we conclude today's message with Pastor Billy. Why do we think we can throw it all out? Because now all of a sudden, this is it. What are you, out of your mind? This is stupid. I don't know what else to say. It's stupid. It is. You want the full portion. Is there anybody here at this table that wants the full portion of Hashem? The full portion. Anybody here wants a full mana, a full serving and helping of the manhu? That unleavened bread, you get it from his written and spoken word, people. That's how you get it. That's how you get it. And the more you live in it, the more you walk in it, the more you understand it, the more victory you have. You win. You win. You keep walking.
So, Father, we give you glory and we give you praise. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your mysteries that abound. As always, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you shalom peace. In the precious name of Jesus, the glorious Messiah, we pray. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Billy Elias. Pastor Billy is the founder and pastor of Elon Restoration Fellowship in Toms River, New Jersey. Join us again as Pastor Billy bridges the gap between the Old and New Covenants. And as always, may the Lord bless you with peace.